0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour. We have Judd Zolgat on this week. Uh, we're talking Vikings Scouting Combine, Kwasi, uh Kevin O'Connell interviews, uh, and a huge announcement tonight for Climbing the Pocket. So grab your drink and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota
0: Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I'm your host Matt Anderson. Uh, We have Ryan Ortega tonight as our co-host. As usual, Dave is behind doing all the producing, and you've seen him here before. You can see him over on Score North as well. It's Judd Zolgad saving coming in as Superman for the evening as our guest was taken away to jury duty. Judd, how are you on this fine? Wednesday evening. From
2: the bullpen, I'm fine. Like the bullpen cart, right? I'm being brought in, <laughs> in the cart itself with uh with the helmet on top. And uh yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to be be here and substituting and uh I just hope I can add to the reckless speculation nature of this edition of Vikings Happy Hour. Uh
0: are you all warmed up? Are you ready to go? I mean, I know you guys probably talking all yeah. day, you Phil and Declan over there. <laughs> Warm-
2: I've been warming up all day long. Exactly right. I got my hot takes. I got my hot quarterback takes, my hot Kirk Cousins takes, my hot um, uh, Kevin O'Connell takes. Crazy. I mean, okay. the, con- the combine's great. I love the combine. If nothing else, because the amount of just reckless speculation that gets thrown around on a daily basis is just so much fun to, uh, to discuss it and to churn through.
0: And, and it, it just never stops. Like, this time of year, every week or every day an hour, I feel like we get new news so it's uh it's awesome I, I agree um ryan i'm gonna hold off on on introducing you and see how you're doing and I think you know why uh climbing the pocket has uh, a very special announcement to make tonight um so dave i'll I'll let you you kind of lead us in here and then i'll i'll, I'll
1: We have a Climbing the Pocket special announcement.
0: Uh, So, uh, uh, we're missing some cameras here. Yes, we are, Uh, but
1: we can bring that back. Not a big deal. Swap
0: some people around. It's okay. We can do that.
1: We have the technology.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let me know when you're ready, Dave.
1: I will, I will, I will. Hey, we can go off schedule. We know how. Absolutely. It's not a big deal Absolutely. for us. Yeah. We can go off script.
3: And just want to thank all the listeners uh, who are watching and listening in live. Appreciate you all being here for this special announcement.
0: So I am, uh, I am honored to, to give this news on behalf of our founder and co-founder, Jason Brown and Miles Gorham. Uh, that effective today Climb in the Pocket is now sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing Company out of St. Paul, Minnesota Um, round of applause you will see them uh, sponsored on these shows Uh, and, and, and a perfect perfect show to announce it on it's Vikings Happy Hour we drink here. And so, Ryan, what do you have tonight for Vikings Happy Hour? What, do you, what are you drinking on this fine Wednesday evening?
3: Well, you know, uh, in honor of this great announcement here, uh, Lake Monster provided us with some delicious beer. So we got Rare Species Number 1, which, from all accounts, it looks like an IPA that's going to be delicious. Uh, with some fruit notes in there. So I'm really excited to try it um, and and get this sponsorship on its way. So the first crack.
0: There we go. It is. uh, Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm drinking the same thing Ryan is tonight over at Lake Monster. Um, You can find a bunch of their beers over there. Right now they're doing like a Girl Scout cookie kind of theme as well. So make sure you head over to Lake Monster and try some of their beers. Dave. Dave is excited, but it's it's bittersweet for him because he's in Texas, Uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot more difficult to get the beer down to him. So we will, we will work our magic um, and and get you. I can't wait. Uh,
1: I mean, I love my IPAs, and I can't wait to try Lake Monsters. I was looking at their website. They've got IPAs, double IPAs. They've got stouts. They've got just about everything. They've got a wheat beer. It all looks absolutely delicious, and I can't wait to talk to the brewmaster himself about some of the super secrets that they stick in to make their beer so extraordinary and so rare, just like the Monster in the Lake, whether it be Nelly over in Scotland or some of the other ones around the world. It's rare, but it's only from Lake Monster out of St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: There is uh a lot more news to come with this sponsorship. Um you'll hear about it more um you know from myself, from from Miles, from Jason and, and some of these other shows, but uh it uh yeah. That that is the breaking news uh this evening. So we are super excited here at Climbing the Pocket uh to partner with them and more news to come. With that being said, we have a full show for you guys this evening. Uh, like we kind of alluded to, the combine is underway. There's there's lots of news. So there's many different avenues we could take this. Um, I think the first one I want to do is talk about Quasi's uh, presser yesterday at the combine, and, and I'll defer to you first, uh, Judd. Uh, where the it it's it's kind of hard to read between the lines, but you can definitely pick up on some vibes that that people are saying or or you can just kind of read read the room a little bit is there anything you're taking away from Quasey's presser yesterday at the scouting combine so
2: O'Connell and, and Quasey both did um, both did press conferences at the combine at the podium Kevin went today Quasey went yesterday but i think what was more intriguing is probably the quotes i saw that surfaced from both of them did side sessions with the local beat people Um, And that's where it got, it it felt like the things at the podium were more national, people asking questions about philosophies and, you know, building a team. and Not that that stuff's not good, it's fine. But that stuff to me is is not what what Vikings fans are after. What Vikings fans want to know is, what are you doing with your team in particular? Let's name names and let's get to uh, the, the heart of the discussion, which of course, the main talking point is Kirk Cousins. Uh, I found it very interesting that both O'Connell and Quasi, and especially Quasey, um talked about, you know, we're looking forward to working with Kirk. We think Kirk can do a lot of things. Uh, O'Connell talked about surrounding Kirk with the best possible um, uh, players and personnel and decisions to get his play uh, to where they think it can be. But Quasi also said in the midst of an answer on, and I, I think it was with the B people, on Tuesday, he said we will do what's best for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk will do what's best for Kirk. And I can't help but focus on that part of a quote. And here's what I think has transpired. And this is where, this is where we have to remove like sort of the debate about Kirk because there's passion on both sides and just go to what I think guys is really the business of football. So it's been clear to me that Quasey and Kirk's agent, Mike McCartney, had a sit-down at some point pre-combine. And shortly after that, it's also clear that that's where the reports came from, that Kirk is not going to take a pay cut. And so Kirk would sign an extension, and he would certainly take some of the cap hit off his 2022 hit. But it sounds like he also said, I I want a market deal against what's going to be the new salary cap in 23. That's approximately a base salary of $40 million. So when Kwesi said this, we will do what's best for the Vikings and Kirk will do what's best for Kirk. I think that is a non passionate reference to if Kirk Cousins is going to demand this type of contract, we can't do it. Because we also can't build a team around him that's going to make up for his shortcomings potentially. I think it's also why in in his appearance on on CCL last week with Chad Hartman, Kevin O'Connell became much less willing to say on opening day of training camp, Kirk Cousins is a, a guy. Not because he doesn't want him, but because there might be the reality of a trade of Kirk if they can trade him. Um, and so this isn't this is not not like this big debate about Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is great or Kirk is not great or Kirk stinks. This is really about the business. And I think that both of these guys at the right price would welcome the chance to work with Kirk. Key thing is... The right price. And so that's where I sort of parsed apart the comments from the past week, especially what Kwasi said on Tuesday, to come to this conclusion that the next meeting between Kwasi, Rob Brzezinski, and Mike McCartney is going to be absolutely imperative to sort of going down the path of this is where the Vikings stand with Kirk Cousins and most importantly, his contract.
3: I mean that's a great point, Judd, and and when you look at it from like the the fan perspective, right? Uh, as you said, that this is a fan base that's divided. There's you know the Kirk haters and the Kirk stands, whatever you want to call them, right? And what's lost in that is the fact that people who think we hate Kirk or that you at Score North hate Kirk and so on and so mm-hmm. forth are missing the fact that we're we don't, we do not we don't hate him. He's a good quarterback. But from a football business perspective, like you just pointed out, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Can we build a team around this guy at that cap hit? Sure, there's other teams that have been successful doing that, except for the main difference here is that we are missing the key pieces that those teams have. So, for example, the Rams just were able to build around Stafford and the cap hit that they had to take on for Jared Goff which ended up equating out to roughly that amount of money, right? And they mm-hmm. weren't able to win a Super Bowl. Very valid points. They also had a Jalen Ramsey, an Aaron Donald, an Andrew Whitworth. And, and I can go on and on with these key stud players that we just don't have and can't afford currently because of our cap situation.
2: And I think the key point, too, is this, because the, the response of, of Kirk's biggest fans is, well, get the same players and f- find a way because the cap is fake around Kirk. My response to that is this. The Vikings took that shot 2018. It failed miserably. They didn't make the playoffs. And is that all on Kirk? Certainly not. But, but, you know, they played the Chicago Bears in that last game in which the Bears had the division clinched and had nothing to play for and didn't play their starters the entire game. And Kirk played a terrible game. So Kirk didn't even get them to the playoffs. And that's a game when if you are going to make what Kirk is, you have to win. Like you have to say, I don't care if the rest of my team plays like crap. We are going to win this game because of, of me. So like the whole comparison to, well, just, you know what? Then then Kevin O'Connell should, um, should take Kirk and the Vikings should make moves and the Vikings should become the 2021 Rams. I say they took that shot. It didn't work. And now to your point, you want to build this entire team, and the Vikings are saying, I'm sure, Kirk, here's the salary point, here's the price point at which we can do that. But if you're going to continue to say, I I need to essentially be paid like a top five quarterback in the entire league, we can't. And it's an incredibly fair business decision if the Vikings say, then we're out. It, and I don't think that anyone can debate that. Like, to me, that that's not a... That's not a passionate statement. That's not a fiery statement. That is just looking at what you have, what you don't have. And the reality is, Kweezy and Kevin O'Connell deserve the opportunity to build something here. Like, they're not going to come in and be like, let's get Jalen Ramsey and Whitworth. I mean, the Vikings have taken those shots, and that's fun, and that's all well and good. But that's something that's done into your tenure. Not when you don't start your tenure by saying we're going to build a team of veterans right now you try and draft and cultivate right and so we are at a point where it's very fair for the people who are now going to run this franchise to say we are to a large degree not rebuilding but resetting the roster and if kirk wants to be part of that process that's awesome and if kirk wants to break the bank my guess is it's not going to work
3: and, and and just so, uh, quick to jump in there, too, real quick on that, too, is it's it's in his right to ask for all that money, too. I mean, the yeah. the issue is, is oh, yeah. he, he not only is asking for that money, but he wants that money in two-year, three-year increments, which gives you no flexibility outside of that very first year to do anything with the bonuses and restructuring and whatnot, which puts us in a bind. And that's where, again... I don't know him, I don't know their philosophy or what they're trying to do, but that's what he's that, that's the that's the hardest part. Like if he would have asked for like a 5-year extension at 40 million, you could sit there and say maybe I wouldn't do that personally just cuz I don't want to hitch my wagon to to that for 5 years to a 34, 35-year-old quarterback. But what that would give us flexibility for the next 2 to 3 years to then go and make moves but it's, it's coupled with the $40 million and the two-year or three-year extension that really kills it for, for, for our flexibility and our ability to build around him.
0: Uh, one thing I was going to, to ask you, Judd, I, I know you reported on your show, I think it was a, a week or so ago, about the Panthers inquiring on Kirk Cousins. Um, and I, I, I want to just preface to everybody listening Inquiring is a lot different than talking about trade trade details. Uh, there's a lot of inquiries, whether it's the NBA, the NHL. A lot of deals are talked about that never happen. Uh, and this was just a formal call of like, hey, is Kirk available? Have you heard anything else uh, surrounding that? I mean, I know this is a, a busy week for the Vikings being down at the Combine, so I'm sure there's a lot of rumblings going on, uh, but... Have you heard anything else outside of the Panthers maybe being intrigued in Kirk Cousins?
2: Not at this point, but I am sure that that they've gotten calls. Because the the thing is, you're exactly right. You know, you're always going to get get calls, right? I mean, I'm sure teams call and say, "Um, hey, on Kirk, would would Kirk sign an extension here? I'm just spitballing right now. But the point is that there's a lot of – there are – around at this time of year with the uh, with March 16th, March 16th excuse me being the start of the league year there's a ton of conversations there's a ton of phone calls um, I have not heard more but I really think the Vikings are probably trying to rightfully so at this point in time to take care of their own house right like they have a lot of guys to talk to about restructures renegotiations possible moves I, I mean Kirk is Kirk is the tip of the iceberg of a lot of, of veterans who probably need to um, be be dealt with as far as contractually. And you, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Thielen's cap hit is 16-plus for 2022. Yeah. That's got to come down. I mean, there's no question. That has to come down. Now, is he necessarily gone? No, absolutely not. But... If he says, "Hold on a second here," I'm supposed to make that, and I'm not going to change it. There's some problems probably, so so I think that there is a lot of there's a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions that need to be addressed because I believe as of right now, according to over the cap, the Vikings are 16 million dollars plus over the cap by March 16th they can't be. So, we'll see. And I, and I did just but, see
0: it. Sorry, I uh, was I was just, just going to say I did just see a, a tweet this evening uh, by Sean Borman uh, on Twitter, uh, pretty mm-hmm. much saying that the Vikings can uh, you know save nineteen and a half million dollars pretty quickly by just converting the roster bonuses of Hunter and Harrison Smith into signing bonuses. So you would move you know Hunter's cap hit of twenty six point one two to twelve point six two, and then Smith's cap of thirteen point four six down to to seven point four six. So there's there are avenues to to kind of get some of that cap, but to your point, they, they do have to kind of clean up the mess of the past regime. I mean, there are a lot of aging vets on this team. I heard you guys the other day on on Score North kind of listing, you know, restructure, trade, or cut, you know, when you're talking about the Adam Thielen's, the Eric Kendricks, uh, you know, Harrison Smith. You know, you have to make decisions on on some young guys too. I mean, we heard about Garrett Bradbury today. Um, from Kevin O'Connell as well, and they're going to have to decide on his fifth-year option coming up. So I see a smirk on your face, Judd. I, yeah. Do you, do you have something to say about uh, Garrett Bradbury here?
2: I played a game with Declan <laughs> today, and I called it the Pinocchio game. And I said, as it relates to KOC's comments about the line, when does his nose grow Because he talked about the tackles. And you know what? He's probably right. Those guys are good, right? Like, Derrissaw might be really good. We don't know. But he might be. O'Neill is really good for sure, right? Left guard. Ezra Cleveland. I think he's fine. I mean, he's not not great. But I don't think he's a train wreck. And I think he's improving. Right guard. And O'Connell said there, we have great depth. I said, remove the word great. And he's right. They've got some depth there. It's not great. But, you know, his knowledge grew just a little bit there, right? But when it came to Bradbury, full Pinocchio, like that, um, that, you know, come on, Kevin, come on. Like, just restructure the answer a bit. I'm not saying you got to rip the kid, you don't have to, but, you know, oh, he's really smart, and this is what we're looking for. No, BS. I mean, he is is going to, at the very least, I think, um, or best, in his case, have to compete for his job, which he should. Uh, But, you know, let's not let's not be telling the fan base complete because the problem with with his Bradbury response is that draws into question everything he says now. So, like everything he says, I'm like, really, really? I want to believe you, dude. But if you're going to tell me Garrett Bradbury, I mean, he's blowing sunshine in a place he shouldn't. Okay, I don't need that. Um, So, yeah, it, it amused me. Like he was fine on tackles, great depth of guard, overstating it a bit, but I'm fine with that. I, I don't really care. But you're gonna talk the I me did find it interesting that, interesting that he said depth though. Come on. Yeah, but I mean he's not I, right. I, I mean he got, he's saying left guard is okay. Um they they desperately need a right guard who is a real right guard. Don't forget, I will to my dying day, I will feel bad. Ori Udo was a tackle who got a phone call, I think in early July and said you're moving to guard." Football fans, no, that's not some small ask. It's a different position entirely. I mean, that's one of the most unfair things done to a guy, as far as I'm concerned, because they decided they didn't want to play Wyatt Davis, who basically was then put on a milk carton. I mean, the mismanagement of that line is unbelievable. (laughs) But don't tell me Garrett Bradbury is okay. Come on, Kevin. We're not stupid.
0: Can I... I don't know if you have any light to shed on this but uh, do you know what happened with Wyatt Davis this year? I think it's it's one of the greater mysteries of of the past Viking season, right? I think a lot of fans expected him um to be something uh for that offensive line and he, like to your point I I like, I like your expression that he he went, he's essentially on the milk carton. I mean, nobody knows where this guy is. Uh, I know Chris Thomason wrote something earlier this off season about him and his his eagerness to kind of you know earn back the trust of some coaches, some some fans, and whatnot. But do you know what really happened behind the scenes with Wyatt Davis?
2: So I think and, and, and the,
3: all and all sorry. of the third round picks for that matter. I mean, literally, not one of them <laughs> really played more than a handful of snaps. Look
2: at the draft picks. The entire draft, I mean, it's almost like Zim, aside from Derisaw, decided to punish the entire draft class because he, he was mad at Rick. Like my-, my thing is one of the great exploratory things that the-, the new coaching staff can do is find out. It's like they're going to have an entire two draft classes. Cause you don't know the 2021 draft class. You have no idea. They basically didn't play. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, on Wyatt, Davis, my understanding is he came into the into the OTAs not in great shape. Now, my problem with that is this: he's a guard. They ain't exactly in great shape consistently. Like like it's not like he was going to be the quarterback and sh- showed up with a pot belly, you know. I so so okay, that's not great. He did get hurt, but the fact is, you moved a tackle. Who is probably a backup tackle, two guard, and you started him, and and it's not like there was an option there. I don't understand. I really think that that in in some ways, and the two thousand twenty one draft class is probably the poster children for this. In some ways, um, the draft class became the the children of a divorce between Rick and Mike because it was like Mike punished them. Like you can't tell me. Um, you can't tell me that all of those players couldn't play. And they basically, aside from special teams, refused to play them. That's incredible. That's an entire draft class that for the most part – and don't forget, too, he was hurt, but Mike was all ticked off for how long at saw Well, I guess he can't practice. We thought he – put, you know. So he was mad at the entire draft class. And I'm telling you, I think it was basically – they were the children stuck in a divorce between two adults who could no longer play nice. Um, but O'Connell, what's great there is he can come in. You might on earth if four of these guys are great. We have no idea. We never really saw them.
0: That would be crazy.
2: wrong right? <laughs> I mean, wrong, I mean that guy is an Andy Reid dream. Like you look at that guy's speed. And, and I guarantee you there's about yep. five or six packages that he could have been put into. And what did they do? When push came to shove and they finally played him, begrudgingly after he had not one but two kickoff returns for touchdowns. And by the way, nobody has kickoff returns for touchdowns now, aside from Cordell Patterson. Um, they basically said, OK, when he plays, we're going to run him up the A-gap and see what happens. I think he's Earl Campbell. Like he's this incredibly, he's got more speed. I saw him at training camp. I was blown away. Like he, when he turns the corner, you guys, he doesn't stop. Like he doesn't slow down. He doesn't put his foot in the ground to slow down. He just keeps going. Incredible speed. And they and they used him like they would use a, a, um, you know, just a hard nosed big running back. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? It's why the whole thing <laughs> drove me. It's why the whole year drove me crazy. Down to the fact that we got the biggest BS excuse, which which some of the film experts supported. The Detroit game, Justin Jefferson here, right? Justin Jefferson, first half, seven catches, unbelievable. He's going to have a huge game. The Lions rolled safety coverage in the second half, and everybody, including the film, said, "Well, I can't do a thing there. But he's covered now." And then I watched the Super Bowl. And by the way, I objected, but I'm like, okay, if you say that, but I don't buy it, right? Because it's like Justin Jefferson. And then I watched this little game called the Super Bowl, and Cooper Cup was covered by the Bengals. And Sean McVay didn't say, well, we're screwed. Game over. Congratulations, Bengals. He said, I'm going to move Cooper Cup around because you know what you can't do? You can't roll help consistently when you don't know where the receiver's going to line up, can you? And Cooper Cup had a fantastic game, and I said to and, myself, and
3: not, that, "That's sorry, and not only I, not is. only that though. Too, it, it also takes the play calls, but it also takes the quarterback willing to make the throws into coverage or into tight coverage, and giving Bless. your elite receiver the opportunity to make the play, <sighs> like he consistently did in the Super Bowl."
2: How about how about one play in particular that I can guarantee you, Kirk Cousins, would make this play in a Thanksgiving backyard game with his kids? The no-look <laughs> throw to Cooper Cup. Kirk Cousins, when I could go to Kirk Cousins right now and say, Kirk, you and me, let's go out in the street. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look away, and you throw me a dart. But you're not looking at me. You couldn't do that. couldn't pull the trigger. This whole Bradford, oh, Bradford and Cousins are the same guy. Okay, first of all, Bradford – willing to make mistakes, which can drive you crazy, Kirk won't make those mistakes. I guarantee you O'Connell's going to learn one thing very early on, and that is when O'Connell says to Kirk. It's all in your hands right now. Like, I've given you everything. I've given you the puzzle. It's put together. Don't drop it. Kirk's going to say, but i got to carry it very carefully, right? And that's where, that's where the difference is. Sam Bradford throws picks. That's the reason why he won the Super Bowl. He threw a no pass in the Super Bowl late right in the game, which could have been a disaster. He completed it, and the other thing too is so so. Now that I'm on a rant here, the my other question. I love too it, Joe. Keep one. going. My other question too, and I've, I've broached this. Phil and I disagree slightly, so you're going to have to have Kurt make what he'll consider irresponsible plays, but he has to. Like if he can, it's not going to work um those plays are going to have to be to the most part to one guy justin jefferson the path i would i want to see is this if Thielen comes back how is he going to take being option four basically because the first three are justin jefferson so like it's always been right jigs and Thielen. like we used to talk about them as the same like the one guy It's unbelievable and they were both great i'm not trying to whip either one uh, but then it became now Jefferson, who is unbelievable. He's here, and it's Jefferson and Thielen. With a competent offensive coach, it's going to be Jefferson, 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 Jefferson. Hey, Adam, what's up? And the whole security blanket of this guy's just my security blanket is gone. O'Connell's going to basically say, no, 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 no. We are we are not moving Justin around to get him away from d- double coverage for for – you're good, cook. We're doing it for Jefferson. Ball's got to go to him. So, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables here that are going to be different that I absolutely love, but they're going to call on people being un- put into jobs they're uncomfortable doing, and if they can't do them, they're not going to last. End of rant.
0: <laughs> that is, that that was incredible, Judd. You are I, the, the comments. We're just talking about you're you're just on fire tonight. Rare form uh from from sports dad not Judd not over that, here. Not that rare. I, <laughs> I got myself worked up. Oh <laughs> Matt,
2: Matt Stafford. I'm sorry. I, I I always say Sam Bradford, dog on it. Matt Stafford, thank you.
0: I, I knew what you were sports saying. I, I, I think the fans the fans will hear it as well. Um Ryan, I don't know if you have anything to add, but uh before before you take it away here, I just want to let you know I'm on my second uh my second Lake Monster beer of, of the evening. So if, if you're behind me, you're gonna need to catch up uh because we <laughs> got a half half the show still left um in, in one more beer well,
1: to go. You and Ryan are drinking oh uh, Lake Monster. Judd, what are you drinking? Oh, let's see here. I've got my um shockingly guys, my
2: Surly. Furious can, right here, <laughs> if I can get that that in. But just as importantly, right now, I got my coffee mug, surly that uh, as well. And so I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my favorite beer, of course, guys. And I'm sure that yours is fantastic, but I am loyal it, to it with my Surly, and in particular, Surly Furious, which right now is fitting because, yes, I just got worked up. Some would say furious about the Minnesota <laughs> Matt I'm going to need Stafford, to talk to not Sam Bradford. I got to I, I got to stop that.
0: I'm okay. going to need to talk to Lake Monster and see if they can't they can't hook us up with the, a little coffee mug there. Because
1: um, oh, they've was, got glasses.
0: Cool. Oh, I know. I saw I, it in the trust me, I was I was there today. I, I saw it all. We are we'll we'll, we'll chat with them. But uh, Ryan, I I don't know how you follow up what Judge just had to say there um, about Kirk Cousins. Do you? Do you want to keep talking about Kirk Cousins? Uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of lead the, the path to the next conversation.
3: Sure. I mean, you know, just to, just a touch base on what, Jud, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you just said, Judd. I mean, the, that's that's the key thing here is that you need a, for all the stats he puts up and all the high completion percentage and high TFF rating and, and all of this, at the end of the day, football, there is an eye test. There is something about watching a guy play and understanding the the nuances of kind of how a player, I guess, like mentally processes the game. It's kind of like the argument of, of if you bully a guy around, right? There's no statistics around that, but mentally there is a, a makeup of that that does affect the game, right? Same concept here where you have a guy who, has all the tools, has all the skills. I mean, literally, I, I'm sitting here on this show saying Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. He has all the right talent and everything. But for whatever reason, there's like a, what, what's that called in a, in a vehicle to keep that vehicle from going for overseas? Like a governor, governor. Like he just can't, he can't get the governor off for for the how how long has he been in the league? In eight, nine years, ten years, he can't get that governor off. And and that's the issue with them, and and and, I, and, it, and it pains me because I want you know, when we signed him, I was excited, I really was, and and I thought that was the missing piece, that's what was given to me, and and, and it, it hasn't shown up. That's
0: what we um, were led, led to disaster. believe, though, Ryan.
3: Right, I, exactly. Like, we were led to it, it, believe exactly. that
0: Ryan, that Kirk was the missing piece.
3: Exactly, and he, and he should have been. If he could have taken that governor off, he he's probably that guy. He just. He his mental fortitude isn't allowing that to happen, uh, and and I'm not sure why. I mean, there was that clip that just came out. I, I thought I saw it on, it might have been NFL Network or it might have just been on Twitter. I can't remember of him talking to O'Connell back, literally, you know, back in Washington, and how he says that, like, once we get a little bit of a lead, I just go into conservative mode, and I play conservative, and like he literally is talking through that, and you can tell O'Connell's like. In that, so it's just an interesting. uh, You know, I I love the rant, Judd. It's really good. Let's transition away a little bit. I mean, it still might always come back to Kurt because I mean,
1: well, and that's how this team operates. That's part of the whole story. We're sitting here looking at the combine. We look at positions we know we need. Defense, there's tons of them. Right, right guard, possibly we need that interior O line. Yes. Stuff we need, we normally as fans are focusing in on, all right, who's the best? Who's being ranked this? Did we see him play during the season? Do they pass the eye test? Now we're going to watch him run around in underwear, lift weights, do all that nice stuff. That's cool. But everything when it comes to the Vikings rolls around back to the same individual story. And that is what is the Vikings going to do with Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is... Is dominating the whole storyline of what should be hey, it's all brand new. We got a new GM, we got a new coach, we're building, we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it all comes back to Kirk Cousins and can, yes, he's a good quarterback, arm talent beyond belief, right? But can he process mentally? I always called it vapor locking when stuff goes off script. We went off script tonight, then we went deep and we got judged. Judd was our deep connection, catches the ball every time, definitely going to the Hall of Fame, right? We win. <laughs> can Kirk, however, that is the question, and that brings it all back. Yes, we can talk about corners, you know, defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, edge, whatever you want to. But, again, the major theme of the combine so far, be it from Quasi or from Kevin, is Kirk Cousins. Always.
3: It's always going to come back there. Uh, so to, to kind of go into your point, Dave, trying to deflect away from Kirk just a little bit if we can, let's just say extension is announced tomorrow, right, Judd? Um yeah. you, You've had some draft analysts on your show over the last you know few weeks or so. I, I know our own Tyler Forness, who's also part of NBC Sports Edge, He's been on the show uh, and I know you've had a couple others um, and, and I'm sure you're cultivating a lot of this information and in, 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 in absorbing it and in taking it in. So from your perspective, let's say quarterbacks on an issue. We're not looking at Malik Willis. We're not looking at Kenny Pickett, any of these other guys. What are in your opinion are the important positions we really should be looking at uh, for our, you know, again, our listeners uh, right now who maybe are going to be watching the combine on TV, Who should they be looking for? What position should they be looking for in most intrigued by?
2: Um, It's going to be incredible to say because it was obviously um, a a position that was focused on by Mike and Rick a ton, but cornerback. This team doesn't have him. Patrick Peterson might come back, but he he might not. And he's good, but old. Um, Breland, gone which is great. Alexander, (laughs) almost certainly gone, which is fine. Like he came back and I'm not saying he was awful, but he, he, he came back because he knew Mike and now Mike's gone. So I imagine Mackenzie is gone. Cam Dantzler, I think can play, but I mean, last year felt like a stunted year for him, right? So, so like there's no, I think Dantzler starts, but I'm not going to imply that he is a, polished product because he is not um so yeah i think your first round pick this is incredible guys but i think your first round pick cornerback and keep in mind 2018 first round pick mike hughes got hurt got traded unfortunate your 2020 second first round pick was jeff gladney who despite all the talk about well we go through the people's personalities we know our draft picks you know, a year in, had an unforgivable um, off-the-field incident in Dallas, was let go, deserved to be, but that's a huge strike because he's gone now. So so flat out, I think from a draft position, I think first round, assuming that they stay at 12, they're going corner. They are going corner, and they need to, and that, I mean – I know the fans are now like, "What are you? Talking? Come on, a cornerback again? Mike's gone. Then, you know, draft somebody else." <laughs> but, but I, you know, if, if you if you have the opportunity, um, which right now cap wise would be tough. But if you have the if you create the opportunity to dip into the free agent market, um, I think that they might pursue a corner. I personally would probably pursue a right guard there. But yeah, I think a huge focus both. In the free agent market and the draft is going to be a position at which we never thought post Zim would be a need, and now most definitely is.
0: <laughs> Zim is I Zim am- is sitting at his ranch, just drooling at the fact that like he could, if he could have stayed, he could have had an opportunity at another first round <laughs> cornerback. I I, really? I I just find that <laughs> so funny. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I was going to say, but unfortunately, his first round corners were just not good. I mean, even going back to Trey Wayne, he was serviceable. He wasn't He wasn't the quality of corner he should have been for that level of pick, right? Um, and, and I'm really frustrated with the Gladney pick. Not Obviously, yes, I'm very frustrated with the fact that he is a complete you-know-what you for what he did. Mm-hmm. But just from a draft prospect perspective, I was looking at Jalen Johnson, who went almost a whole full round later. To our, you know, our rivals, the Bears, and he's out there, you know, putting up great tape, doing an excellent job for the Bears. So it just makes me a little extra frustrated because that's the corner I wanted us to draft that I was on the table for. Um, yeah, and I, I, uh, I agree, Judd. You know, Stingley uh, out of LSU seems like a phenomenal prospect. You know, he hasn't really ascended as high as most people wanted. Um, I, I think maybe his growth was a little stunted by some injuries, but from a, from a pure potential standpoint, he he's probably got one of the highest, if not the highest ceiling of any of the corners in the draft. I saw somebody, uh, Dan Henneman, which I don't know if Dan and I in the, in the chat here, I don't know if Dan and I like share the same network in terms of what our brains are connected to, but every year it seems like we're literally buying for the same guy. So yeah, you know, he he says go grab both Cincinnati cornerbacks. You know, like a like a first and a third. And I don't know if I couldn't like I can agree more. I, Sauce Gardner is is a cornerback I'm super excited about. He seems like a phenomenal player, good scheme fit. Um, and then and then on the uh, you know, later in the draft you have Kobe uh, Bryant, which obviously legendary name. But also a very competent and quality corner that could be a solid CB two, CB three, uh, competing with uh, competing with Dantzler. So, um, in, in terms of in, in terms of additional positions, right? So cornerback, big need, right? We're obviously switching to a three four defense. Obviously, they they're preaching to us that you know we are set up for that. Hunter, he can he can play three four end. 4-3 DN, right? Uh, I'm sorry, 3-4 o- o- all-time linebacker. So we're, we're going to have a huge need on the other side, though. right? Like, we don't have anyone on our roster. I mean, Wanham is relatively athletic. Maybe they think they can plug him in there, but he's just been a disaster <laughs> since he's been here. I know he's put up some flashy sack numbers and stuff, but it, it's really not indicative of the actual play he's providing, in my opinion. So edge is going to be probably a need you you had said core uh, i'm sorry uh, guard in in free agency do you think edge might be a possibility in free agency given you know what's out there potentially in the market all
2: right so this is a great point and this and this comes back to what dave said which in the end it all comes back to kirk and, and just as importantly it comes back to a, a slew of veterans who are going to eat up a ton of cap space unless they're gone, or at least some are are gone. So the thing about it is you you can restructure and rework some contracts, but to do what you're talking about, which by the way, I agree with completely. You're also probably going to have to get rid of, of some popular guys just flat out. Hey, you're gone. Sorry. Bye. And, and because ideally in the free agent market, you could vie for, I think, a right guard, a corner, and a defensive end. So exactly what you're saying, but that's where it gets to be a problem when when we come back to, yeah, but they're going to keep guys just by restructuring, right? Well, restructuring brings things down a bit, but it doesn't fix things. And and to allow O'Connell and Crazy more importantly, to reconstruct this roster and to get some parts in that this team currently lacks for its system, you are going to have to part with guys who people have their jerseys. So, like, that's the whole thing about this is, is that – and this whole thing of, well, just build through the draft. Okay, that's cool, but that takes some time. Like, if you're, you're not going to just have a draft class and, okay, you're in first place now. Um, so, So – I hear you. I agree with what you're saying. And ideally you could be at least if nothing else sniffing around and in the running for some significant free agent upgrades at different positions, but something's got to give there. So like, is that Kendricks? Yep. Is that Harrison Smith who I don't think is gone, but my, but my point is who's going to go for you to replace them with players that will excite, not just a fan base, but also help the roster. And I feel feel like we don't want to deal with that. I feel like we're just all saying, well, you know, you just move the money here and you move Hunter's money there and you do this with that and maybe you bring back Barju and it's like, that's not how this is going to work. That's not how, and and the the Wolves can sit there and say, well, we plan on being competitive in 2022 all they want. But Kweisi and O'Connell are not dumb guys. They have a plan. And there is no way that they showed up to talk to the Vikings about uh, about these jobs and sat down with a binder that said, here's how I, I want to try and win with the 2021 Vikings. So it, that's why I love this. Because like right now, I'm so curious. But they are going to have to be, starting March 16th, some significant changes that, that I think the fan base – won't like, but are going to lead to a team that's going to be far more compelling and and ultimately far different. That might include Kirk. It might not. But Kirk is a starting point here. Kirk Kirk is a jumping off point for a lot of guys whose futures, in my opinion here, are uncertain. And when the GM is fired and the coach is fired, that's how it should be. That's the whole plan. You you don't fire them to say let's run it back and see what happens. You fire them to say it's time for a significant change.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the key point there, right? Like you don't you don't fire Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman both and say how can we figure out how to get the gang back together and make another run in twenty twenty two. Like that's just that's not what's going to happen here. Like there's going to be changes. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago when we were at Surly together, Jed, we talked about CJ Ham and how he would maybe even fit in a Kevin O'Connell offense, right? I, I, I don't. It's probably a sneaky like cut, but I feel like CJ Ham could be gone from this team, and and I know a lot of fans like him. He, um,
1: he was hyped up today. Apparently, he's I, gonna. I, I don't know if, <laughs> if if they cut him, they're not gaining a whole lot of money. It's only. Like five hundred thousand dollars, right? Because they'll owe but, him so much money.
0: Okay, so so let's talk about another another name here uh, on the Vikings that that's kind of been trending um, all off season, maybe even a little bit before the off season about a speculative cut, and that's Michael Pierce, right? Thought he played out of his mind this year when healthy. When healthy, but cutting him, I think, saves. I don't have it in front of me. I think nine million is what is what I remember. Uh something like that. Like, is, is are we okay yeah. with that? Like this group here on Vikings Happy Hour Tonight, are we okay with a Michael Pierce uh cut and we're just running with I assume Daniel Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, and then you'll have to get somebody else uh to play opposite of that, but
1: see I'm not because to, um, Tomlinson and Pierce are set up for three four defense. Those guys played it. They know how to play gap and a half and two gap. They, they're they perfect. You know, perfect for that. I, I just don't see it. Now, the folks that want Anthony Barr back and think they can get him, over the cap has him valued at six and a half million dollars per year. That would be on top of the 14 plus million the Vikings still owe him because of the, the current deal Right, where they voided those last two years. I don't right. see that happening at all. Period. Paragraph. They're no way gonna add, you know, six million on top of 14 million and say, hey, we want you back, no matter how good he fits. And he would fit well. It's just there's no way you can't do that and start that rebuild, retooling, making in your own image that Quase and Kevin want to do. It can't happen. And, yeah, there's going to be money adjusted on either on Hunter, on uh, Smith, or whoever you, you know, see him. Some of those guys are going to have to have their money adjusted. Adam Thielen may have to take a pay cut. He may be willing to take a pay cut. But we have yet to see. But all that stuff has to happen so that we can start the rebuild. And it all comes down to how much money they can free up to get the free agent card, which is proved better than drafting one because he'll, you know he'll be able to play and not develop because it takes linemen the time to develop, a corner, an edge, whoever you want. All that's got to be taken off all these guys and work to make it happen. So people aren't going to be able to wear, as Judd says, the jersey they bought all the time. It's not going to happen. Those guys are going to move on. Exactly right. And I I think that there's some good talking points off
2: this as well. One is, um, on Hunter, he doesn't talk much. You know what? We don't know. We have no clue if if he wants to play in a base 3-4. Now, my assumption is he should because he's just so damn good, right? But, like, until – Until we hear, oh, hey, guys, yeah, I'm jacked about this. He could say, I'm out of here. I'm a 4-3 end. And I don't care if you're just like, well, we're a nickel a ton, and that's a 4-3. He might flat out say, I don't want to play in a base 34. Um, And if he does, he might be gone. So, like, that's one thing to to keep in in mind. Uh, But to go back to my my, um, uh, Kevin O'Connell Pinocchio game, there are some things that are flying from his mouth right now that, that are flat-out him. Uh, Crazy and O'Connell were hired to be the anti-Rick and Mike. And that is, they are supposed to get to a Mike and be as accommodating as possible, not be, not, to quote my beer, surly like Mike was. And they're supposed to be, like, giving a message that is not a flat-out lie, but they're also not going to necessarily speak the entire truth unless you read between the lines, okay? I got three names for you here. The first we, we talked about, Bradbury. So if, if the Vikings come back and say, you know what? Why Davis got screwed? He is our right guard and he is going to, to be great. Then their attention is going to turn to getting a center. So like somebody's gone here. Like they're going to make one, I think, major move. It, it's at center or guard. It's probably not both. That's very expensive. But that's what it is Like this whole Bradbury thing today, uh, jumped a shark. He's just being nice about it. That's a bunch of crap. CJ Ham, okay? <laughs> Kevin O'Connell's not going to use a fullback. Like this whole thing about, I see a lot of things, and CJ Ham, <laughs> I think I, it's a great guy. I've heard great things. I'm like, he will get a job, but Kevin O'Connell doesn't use, un, unless he completely goes against his beliefs, a fullback, the odds of him employing that position full time are, let me hold, wait, hold on a second, wait for it, <laughs> zero, okay? So, so the odds of Ham being here, and, you know, he'll get a job, he'll bounce around, he'll make a lot of cash, God bless him, but I'm just saying this can't be like, well, but we, likes, we liked him, he was a good guy, who cares? Um, the last one is this one. <laughs> O'Connell keeps paying, paying lip service consistently to, well, I got two tight ends there. And Irv Smith, I think if he can stay on the field, is fantastic. I think he's a hybrid receiver. I think that he he can be a star here. But the second guy he's talking about is Tyler Conklin. The last time I looked, he's a free agent. Uh They ain't re-signing him. You know how much he's going to cost? You think that with Irv Smith set to come back, you know, O'Connell's going, no, you know, screw the 11 personnel. I'm changing that up. I'm using two tight ends. Let's pay Tyler Conklin top dollar. That's a bunch of nonsense. Tyler Conklin is
1: going to get paid. He deserves to be paid. It's not going to be here. See up yeah, by End of story. So
2: like
0: there's, but there's Judd, all of these things.
1: That's yeah. almost eight million a year for Conklin, by the way, per OTC we, we, Yeah. We
0: we talked about it the other week though. The 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 free agent tight end market is is saturated. There there are it there's so many of them. I, I don't know if Conklin's actually gonna get that bag.
2: But do you really think that they're going to work to bring him back to not play him? Cause they're going to count on Irv Smith playing. Like he's not worth paying with with unless they think that Irv Smith can't stay on the field with the with the packages that that they're going to run, they're going to take the Conklin investment, small or big, and put it elsewhere, and they should. And I'm fine with that. I, I'm just saying O'Connell's doing a lot of trying to be a good guy and trying to tell you that your favorite players are going to be back and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, this guy just won a Super Bowl, not because he's the good guy, but because hopefully he's a great coach. And at that point in time, I don't care what you do personnel-wise. As we continue to say, the goal of Purple Daily is for this God forsaken state to get a Super Bowl, a Lombardi trophy in the trophy case in Egan. And the last time I checked, being a big guy and bringing back fan favorites, don't accomplish that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I
0: agree. So, and, so and you're telling me. I really,
2: hate, me the, I really hate the hand point.
3: I really hate the hand point because he, he lives kind of by me. He's actually like best friends with one of my neighbors. Kids are incredibly great friends. You'd hate for him to have it's to move business, on and move to a different state. Or whatever, but that's the nature of it. But there are teams in
1: the NFL that still use fullbacks. But Kevin O'Connell does not use a fullback. So, yeah, you're only saving a little bit of money. Maybe you can trade him for, you know, a late-round draft choice. Who knows? But it's still beneficial. If you're not going to use him, why waste the money in the first place
3: when it could go to someplace more productive?
1: One of those teams
3: that still use a fullback, sorry, I'm going to transition that a little bit, Dave, um, are the Cleveland Browns. Oh, package in per, Kurt, Kurt and per him. PFF, per PFF bet, or PFF bet, Kurt Cousins is plus 350 to be the next quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. I assume you if are. we're going to accomplish that, we're going to need to bring in <clears throat> Oklahoma greats Baker Mayfield oh in have that deal. Judd.
0: Ryan, you're fueling start, um, the, recul- the, the reckless the right? reckless speculation I mean, for, for score you north know tomorrow.
3: Pff, set put it out there. I have I PFF set put it out there, I have I'm just mainlining
2: my certain theories right now.
3: Right? Hey, hey, well we're doing it Blake monster. Let's see. Yes, that's right. Reckless speculation. Let's see uh, your thoughts on the on Kirk Cousins going to the Browns, knowing that likely we need to take Baker Mayfield back in that position.
2: So I've talked about this before, and I I actually would do it because um, I would let Baker c- come here. But here but here's the contingency. Okay, so this is not a this is not a Kirk for Baker swap. I'm taking Baker out of the goodness of my heart. Baker is. Baker is That's Jared so Goff, all right? So I, yes, so I need more from Cleveland in this trade. Um, I need Cleveland's first round pick. I, I'm not going to get two firsts, but I need Cleveland's first round pick, and I need a later pick, but not like not like a bad later pick, not, not a woman special, not a seventh rounder. <laughs> I need like a, a first and a third or fourth. I'll take Baker for a year back. I'll give you Kirk and Ham. Um, and, that, and that then gives, in the Browns' mind, a chance. Here's the problem, though. And here's another thing we don't know. Is there are going to be circumstances where I think teams would trade for Kirk Cousins. But they will do so and only give you more if Kirk Cousins says, I will sign the extension with you. So, like, right now, I I will do – and if the team will pay the going rate, that's awesome. But what if Kirk says no? Because, I mean, Kirk likes to – and it sounds nuts, but it's true. He likes to bank on Kirk. So, Kirk could say, hell no. No, I'm playing the last year out, and I'm going to hit jackpot again in March of 23. And the scary thing is, in this league, he might be right. Um, But, yes, I would take a year of Baker back with no commitments after that. So I'm not signing him. I'm doing nothing to get the salary cap relief. And more importantly for my building team, more draft capital that's good. Like, that's the important thing because here's the last thing about why I want an additional 23 first-round pick. Supposedly, the quarterback class next year Strong, correct. It's supposedly a good quarterback class, draft class. If I have additional capital, I now have the ability with two first round picks, if they're let's say twelve and twenty one or something, I don't know, to trade up to get a quarterback. And if I solve that piece of the puzzle, and make no mistake, Quasi and 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 Koc were brought here to do that. If I solve that, I got five years, team control, cheap quarterback. But if he can lead my team, do you know the roster I can build out? And that's that's not a knock against Kirk. That's just a fact of how this works. And the day that those guys have to be paid is the day that the roster construction takes a hit and changes greatly. I want I think the way to get this team a super role is to hit on the quarterback and build and now you can build around that that guy. You can go into free agency and you can re-sign Justin Jefferson, and none of it hurts. Problem now is everything hurts because of the current contract.
3: And 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 you you try to hit on that quarterback at any means necessary, right? You if you yeah, draft yeah. Malik, you you draft Malik Willis this year with one of our first. Let's say we trade for our first and whatever. You got Baker Mayfield. You're able to get Malik Willis. Let them compete, whatever, right? And then he ends up just being a boss and we see in practice and in games that he's just not it then you go back to the table again in 2023 and go for a Bryce Young or go for a CJ Stroud, whoever it might be, and you keep going and betting until you get your guy, until you get the guy that's going to allow you to have that five-year window or four-year window if they have to sit for a year and allow yourself to really build around that. In the meantime, set the team up for success now and until you get your quarterback, and then you can succeed.
2: And the, the last part about that, too, is we have quarterback PTSD because of Rick, right? He whiffed on Ponder badly. And, and he made that pick in a terrible quarterback draft because it was this, we got to get a quarterback draft. Everyone's got to get a quarterback. Jake Locker goes to you. Or Brian Gabbert goes to you. And, and so you literally took a quarterback in Ponder out of fear of what if we don't t- take one. That is no way to draft a quarterback. Uh, Teddy got hurt, really unfortunate. He might have been really good. I have no clue. But the fact is, after that, Rick got gun-shy. So we now assume, well, you got to take your chances because, like, that's what Rick didn't do. But if the Vikings got the Quasi and O'Connell hires right, there's a far better chance they're going to know when to take one. So, so, like, if they look at this QB class and they're like, eh, it's not that good, there's no, like, we got to take one. Then you're, just not, then you're out um but if you have two first round picks next year that could be packaged to go up and get one that you truly like i'm not saying that that guy's a surefire going to be a star but i think we have to at least operate under the assumption that these two guys know what they're doing and unfortunately when it came to rick and mike and quarterbacks they had no clue they just didn't know like there's no good way to put that nor if turner found teddy so if if you liked him. That was North. <laughs> North was the one who went yeah. to Teddy's pro day, and Teddy threw without gloves and looked like crap. And it was North who told those guys, "I'm going back down to Florida to personally work this this kid out." There's more there. Without North, they will not take him.
0: And and I think that's so. So Quaysey was asked about the quarterback class, and, and and we can sum it. We can we can wrap it up here pretty quick because we we're hitting an hour, but. Uh, We'll hit on this final topic. Quasey uh, was asked about the quarterback class this year and he's, and, and how it's perceived as weak and, and whatnot. I found his quotes interesting that he said, well, people said uh, the the quarterback class of Watson and Mahomes was also weak. Like, I don't think you answer it that way if you aren't interested in potentially some of these quarterbacks in the top end of the first round. And so I guess I guess the the final topic I'll have uh uh this evening and I'll I'll let both of you guys speak on it. Are are you in favor? And I I think I know the answer, but are you in favor of of the Vikings, you know, being aggressive and taking one of these top quarterbacks in what is, you know, considered a a weak quarterback class. Ryan, you want to go first?
3: Sure. Um I, I'm a really big fan of Malik Willis. I, I like I, – I, apparently he just impressed everyone during his interviews today. He, he, he showed that he can understand the uh, mental part of the game uh, that a quarterback needs to know very well to, again, these teams. Um, he ha- clearly has all the tools to be a very successful player in this league. He's got a rocket arm. He's uh, mobile right? He goes, he takes chances, which is something that I, I don't really care if you have turned the ball over. Like one of the Kirk's interceptions this year, he just chucked it down to, I think it was Stealin. It was a pick. And I was like, I'm not mad at that because he, he at least took a chance when he probably shouldn't have, but he still took a chance. And I, I like seeing that on my quarterback. I haven't seen it in four years. So it's not, it's a refreshing thing to see, right? Um, Malik Willis will be able to do that. He'll be able to create plays, um, outside of that, I, I'm not sure if I'm in love with an, anyone else at 12. Um, Kenny Pickett has some interesting, uh, you know, aspects of his game. I think he's a gamer. He reminds me a lot of almost like a less arm-talented Baker Mayfield, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, but you know, he, he's he's a gamer though, and I, I like gamers. I like guys who are willing to make those uh, mistakes to give your team the chance to win, right? Um, Sam Howell, I I'm not sure I'm gonna need to watch more on him. Um, and, and the other guy I was gonna talk about is Desmond Ritter, which again, very toolsy, high yeah, you know, he's very up and down, and he's improved every year he's been in the league, or in, in college, but his accuracy was always just kind of ugh. and obviously accuracy is a very important part of playing the quarterback position. So with those four guys, I kind of look at it as potential first-round picks. I know Tyler's going to kill me for not mentioning Carson Strong, but I just <laughs> don't think that's it. I Oh, and, and I'm sorry, and Matt Corral, which Matt Corral obviously has all of the skills. I'm very excited about Matt Corral. We're just not going to get to see him until the pro day. So he's kind of on the back of my mind because we're not going to see him tomorrow or whenever the quarterbacks. I think, it's tomorrow or, or Friday. We're not going to get to see him. So... Overall, you asked if I'm excited about this quarterback class or if there's any names I'm excited about. Malik Willis, absolutely. Kenny Pickett, maybe. Matt Corral, maybe. Um, But for me in this situation, I'd say Malik Willis or Buss. And if he's not there, if he does rise up the ranks high enough to Detroit or to Denver or to any other – Washington, any other teams that need a quarterback before we do, um, I'm probably saying let's go trade back or corner – Edge, David Ajabo, Edge, um, or, or one of those kind of guys?
2: So my feeling is, is this. I... I was convinced, and I think I'm I'm right. I think it's part of why he got fired that Rick Spielman couldn't find one. He just couldn't find one. He was gun shy. He didn't. I I always said this. Why don't you have more people in your franchise who are experts at identifying the most important position in sports? Like that never made sense. Well, my scouts are out there. Well, great, but like your scouts are looking at guards and quarterbacks. I mean, like this position is so important that I think it takes. As close as you can be to being an expert, right? O'Connell now is a a former successful college QB who at least played in the National Football League as a backup. He has an O.C. He has two assistant QB coaches. They've got a passing game uh, coordinator at this point. My point being is now there's a lot of people within the Vikings organization who know what they're watching. And so – not to comment specifically on this draft class, but if they decide, when they decide to take a quarterback until they prove that they're incompetent, I'm going to assume they know exactly what they're doing. And I'm going to assume that they are making the right pick, Um, which I think is, I know what I know about this team. And and we've all watched Kirk, and we all know Kirk. Um, And I certainly know what I think about Rick and Mike. But the reason why you made this change was a March part because those guys could not identify a quarterback. And so, instead of me saying I think that they should take one in 2022 or wait, I think that when they take one, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to assume that they are making the right move. I just like the fact that, at least for now, when my head hits the pillow at night, I'm assuming that the Vikings know what they are watching at quarterback. And I can tell you right now, six months back, I didn't think that. And I think I was right. So so whatever they decide, bravo, do it. But all I know is this. If you find one, if you get the one, you are set for success. You would
1: have to work That's to screw true. that up if that piece is in place. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I have more confidence in them, especially Kevin O'Connell, at developing yeah. a quarterback that, 100%. than Zim, because Zim didn't focus on the offensive side, not in that way. He wasn't back there, you know, living with his quarterback since since Teddy. So that I think yeah. Kevin O'Connell and Quazy. If they can find that guy, I think we're finally going to get over the hump. And speaking of getting over the hump, who's thirsty? (laughs) I'm out, man. I know. I sat there and watched you. At least I refilled mine. I just wish mine was a lake monster. Maybe a double IPA, say double death charge, something like that. (laughs) Something that will, you know, is real efficient. We'll get you buzzed real quick and goes along with this <laughs> great Vikings talk from our guest, the one and only Marconi Award nominee finalist, <laughs> Judd Zolgad. And for Damn those that don't know radio, being a Marconi nominee, being a finalist, is a humongous deal. It means, folks, you are the best in the business. And we want to thank you, Judd for joining us tonight. You have been absolutely outstanding, as usual.
0: Great hey, Judge. Invited. Thank you. Yes, sir. B- bef- before we wrap up, do you have any intel you can share with us about the Vikings offseason that's that, that that's coming up? If, if you don't uh, – I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, the scouting combines here, so I, I feel like the rumors are just starting to heat up. But right. uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask.
2: Well, I think the fact that the Carolina Panthers called about Kirk, um, while it certainly does not mean a deal is going to get, get done, I, I feel that the – I don't have – I don't bring to you a solid scoop, but I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised by almost anything – that we see in the coming weeks. Again, I'll go back to Neil Hunter, who's a hell of a player. We have no idea if, if he's excited about playing in a base three, four, or he hates it. So like, there's so many things we are, but the Vikings are not going to go to a podium and say, Oh my God, you should see what we are doing behind the scenes. But I guarantee you <laughs> the nature of the beast is things are going on. Uh, some of which will come to fruition that will be incredibly, I think, juicy and interesting and ripe right for reckless speculation. Guys, thank you very much. So that was been great.
0: Absolutely. Well, I want to I wanna give a shout out to everybody in the chat tonight. Uh, Judd, everybody loves you, if, if you didn't know that. I mean, I, you may get some hateful DMs, but the chat here at Climb in the Pocket, they love you, and I love the energy you brought tonight. Thank you for coming in uh in, in in helping us out on this Wednesday night, uh, when when you know we had a, we had a guest back out, so I I appreciate that. And no worries. I, like I, I like I texted you, I I owe you a beer. Um, we're competitors now, so we'll have to figure yeah, out where that be, beer we're is coming forgets, from. I'll be
2: collecting mine from Furious, okay? It,
0: and I will be collecting mine from Lake Monster. <laughs> so uh, that's why I, <laughs> I love it, but. Uh, um for everybody yeah in the chat tonight thank you for for joining us if you're listening to this on the pod on thursday um or any day in the following weeks uh keep coming back here every wednesday night uh it's it's a fun show on vikings happy hour like i announced at the beginning of the show we are now sponsored by lake monster brewing of st paul minnesota uh we will have more news events giveaways uh you name it in the coming months so just just keep coming back um Next week, Ben Gessling rescheduled. He was supposed to be here tonight. Uh, Jury duty should be done for him, so he'll be back next week, followed by someone that Judd knows very well. Darren Doogie Wolfson will be here uh, the 16th of March, which is when free agency breaks. Um, So he will be here live with us for a little bit and giving us all sorts of scoops that he can. Um, One of of the kindest people in this uh, Minnesota media market. So... Uh, With that being said, everybody, uh, Judd, Ryan, Dave, thank you. And Dave, I don't know if we have a show tomorrow, so I'll let you send us off.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman and the great, wonderful, marvelous Flip Mozzie will be doing Viking hot takes. I already have their questions. It's the quickest show on Thursday nights. Six questions, 20 minutes, and we're out. And can't wait. Then, of course, on Saturday, you get me and Darren Campbell, the two old bloggers. We're about the age of Judd himself. Actually, I'm a few years older. And we're going to be talking Vikings football. One of the few things we're going to be focusing on for that one is interior O-line free agents. We talked about it tonight. We're going to look specifically who's available and who might fit, and what sort of Let's go. cost. It may cost them, you know, have the Vikings to pay. So, with that, what do we say, everyone? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.